Welcome to Business Unmuted and thanks to our sponsor Virtue Motors, one of the UK's largest motor retailers representing some of the world's best manufacturers of cars, vans and motorcycles. Check out its website at virtuemotors.com. I'm Graeme Robb, I've owned Recognition PR for nearly 35 years. We've got 75 clients in multiple sectors across the UK. They have a turnover of about £5 billion and employ around 30,000 staff. So we're at the front line of the business community and perfectly placed to discuss the economic climate. In the studio with me, I've got Martin Anderson, who's the CEO of Lemon Contact Centre. And Lemon is a multi-platform contact centre based in Stockton-on-Tees in the northeast. It has clients in all sorts of different sectors across the UK. And down the line, we've got Reshma Begum, who's the FSB Development Manager for Federation of Small Business for the northeast of England and the Tees Valley. She works to ensure local businesses are well supported and represented within Federation of Small Business activities and engages with local government, MPs and stakeholders on their behalf. Reshma, welcome. Martin, welcome. Thank you for having me. There's lots to discuss today because in a few days' time, it's Wednesday now, if you're seeing this at the weekend, you'll have seen some of the stuff uh, that we're discussing today because on Friday, the government has got its, uh, what is it called? FEEB. It's a fiscal event akin to a budget. In other <laughs> words, a budget. And that's happening on Friday. Now, I've been out and about in Leeds in Yorkshire this week uh, and I was talking to a man, old friend of mine, who's David Smith, the economics editor of the Sunday Times. And I asked him for his view on what the government's uh, likely to do and what the government could do and what its priorities should be in light of the current economic situation. Well, I think the economy isn't growing very much. It's, it's pretty flat at the moment, and there are a lot of worries. Of course, there have been a lot of worries for some time now about uh, the impact of the high energy prices. Consumer confidence is very weak. Business confidence is pretty low. So I think there's a job to do for the Chancellor at the end of this week to persuade people that recession can be averted and that uh, the better times are on the way. So I think it's a, it's a task. I hope he's up to the task. We don't have to have a recession, particularly with the energy price cap, which removes a lot of people's fears about what is to come. But there's still a job to be done, I think, by the government. And it's a big week on interest rates as well. Yes. I mean, the Bank of England has not finished with raising interest rates, so it's clear, we're clearly going to see another rate rise on Thursday. It's still worried about the fact that there's so much underlying inflation in the economy apart from energy prices and food. So it will raise interest rates again, probably by quite a bit. And we're some way away from the peak in rates. But I always say to people, don't forget that these rates we've got now are historically very low. We've had much uh, higher interest rates in the past, as some of us, including, uh, including you, Graham, will remember. Absolutely. David Smith there of the Sunday Times, he was talking at an event organised by good friends of my firm, uh, Square One Law, who have an office in Leeds. It was a, a good, good lunch to listen to his point of view and listen to what the businesses had to say. Reshma, what, what did you make of what uh, David Smith had to say about the economy? How do you see it at the moment? I think there's quite a lot of um, concerning factors and, and obviously some economic challenges that businesses are facing at the moment, which is, as you all know, Graham, uh, particularly impacting smaller businesses across the region and across the, the country, really. Um, you know, I know David was talking about the national insurance contributions, hikes, etc., and, and those sorts of um, expectations that have been set for the fiscal announcement on Friday. FSB are hoping to see a reversal of that contribution hike, which it, you know we, we didn't want to see coming to force in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we've had the announcements today uh, on, on support for um, energy 
costs which are just absolutely surging and, and continue to do so. So I think, you know, there, there are some challenges, but there, there are also some help. There is some help on the horizon as well, hopefully, to get us through the, the next six months at least. I, I don't know what you thought, but the, it appeared to me that the energy uh, guarantee was pretty good, albeit it was short term. Um, if it was, a, I, I'm not precise on this because I'm not a, a brilliant at energy tariffs, but they expressed it in megawatt hours rather than in kilowatt hours. So the public buy in kilowatt hours. So they buy at sort of, uh, I don't know, they, they were saying it would be around 21 pence uh, kilowatt hour maximum if it was at like the, the household, but they expressed it as megawatt hours. Uh, so it was a lot more. Um, nevertheless, did you feel that what they did in energy was satisfactory? I think there, there's always uh, room for more, isn't there? <laughs> I think that the promise of matching the support that was uh, made available to domestic properties being extended to commercial properties is is certainly a welcome move. Um, the, the cap and, and the support schemes that have been announced for the next six months are also welcome, but there are also gaps that we need to make sure small businesses don't fall through. So, for example, um, any businesses that have assigned contracts from April of this year onwards are covered on their fixed term tariffs. But, you know, that there are businesses that had fixed their contracts just prior to April, prior yeah. to the price hike in anticipation of the increasing in costs. So it's really important that we have a discretionary fund or a hardship fund or, you know, some sort of mechanism to make sure that those businesses aren't left out in the cold as well. It's a very good point, Reshmo, because that is right in the detail of it. If you signed a, a contract at the end of March trying to hedge and your hedge is higher than the current uh, cap, then uh, that's not very helpful, is it? Martin, what did you make of the government's energy announcement? I think it's, you know, any intervention is good and it gives some certainty um, to businesses over the next six months. It gets people through the winter, which for many sort of retail sectors is going to help them through that, that critical time with a, with a Christmas trade. Thereafter, I think it's under review, so it may be extended further. But I must just say, you know, what amazing times that we live in. The fact that these interventions by government of, you know, tens of, if not hundreds of billions of pounds are becoming now the norm post-COVID. Mm. I mean, if we go back probably only a few years, these things were, were fantasy, really, that we would in intervene and help businesses so much. And, and not that I'm complaining because it's helping a lot of businesses and it will help mine uh, included to, to move forward. But but I just think it's we're in very, very strange times and, and I don't really know... You know, will the government constantly try to sort of get one up on itself to do a better intervention next time as the next challenge along the road? Well, the, the trust government is clearly going for growth as well. Mm -hmm. We've dealt with, heard, this, heard this stuff on uh, energy price caps for houses the week before last and, and now uh, businesses this week. But on Friday, we're going to hear the budget. Now, we're seeing lots uh, in rumours in the media. Here's one that was in the Northern Echo uh, just this week. It says a full fat freeport could bring thousands of jobs to the region. Now, what this is, is a trailer of something that's going to be called investment zones. The idea being that we've got a freeport in Teesside and that, that has certain incentives on business rates, on stamp duty, even on employee, uh, employer national insurance, the tax on jobs, mm -hmm. as it used to be called. Mm -hmm. And um, the government is actively thinking about extending that kind of... Uh, uh, Freeport incentive and making an investment zone in certain areas in, in the north of England and elsewhere mm. in, in the UK. Um, and hopefully where, where we live, we'll get one of these. What, what is your take on that kind of approach, incentive-led? Yeah, no, 
as I say, it, it, it's a strange time, but one thing I think it does, and, and Reshma will probably agree with me on this, when you're a small business, when you're able to um, cut your costs uh, and get additional capital back into your business, often we're looking to reinvest that, we're looking to grow and expand. It's not like that money then is moving out to shareholders and going to make sort of wealthy people wealthier, as many might think. It actually is there to, 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 to increase employment, to get new technology, to make us more efficient and ultimately more productive. And I, and I think, again, Russia have a better, better handle on this than me, the, 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 the small business economy makes up the large proportion of the employment and, and GDP overall. So when you get that cycle moving, it is helping the economy. So, so these things that they're doing, like the investment zones, and even things like rolling back NI, freezing corporation tax, for me, there's more incentives, mm. as the word you use, to actually make me grow my business further and employ more people. Okay, Reshma, what's your view on the prospect of incentive zones? No, I completely agree. Um, and, and actually, uh, you know, it, it not only does it, it, it incentivize businesses to reinvest back in their own business, but also back into their own communities mm. and, add, and add social value for the, the, you know, the young people in their environment, for example, who, who need to do work placements, etc. Having that um, free flow capital to be able to do so is is always uh, is always you know really useful. It also encourages people to train their staff and and skill, uh, upskill their existing staff members, as well as you know encourage promotional opportunities. Etc. That the the limits for for um, investment are quite endless. If if I'm honest, uh, when businesses have got that capital available to them, uh, I think when we've got the opportunity to have you know investment zones, for example, which is is something that was you've you've just shown, um, Graham, it it will only ever put positive. Uh, positive investment back into the local communities. Well, I think that's right. just on my own point of view on it. If that goes ahead and my office building happens to be in it, mm -hmm. I don't know if it will, uh, my, where, where the zoning will be. <laughs> uh, but if it did, uh, I've got a project. I'd like to put solar panels on the roof yeah. and a battery. Yes. Uh, now, I know that's going to cost tens of thousands of pounds yeah. and it doesn't come from thin air. Yeah. And in this case, it might come from a generous incentive because the view, my view would be not to take it as a dividend or something, but actually it's a, a, an element of windfall yes. uh, and it would encourage me to spend it on that. Uh, maybe if I didn't have it, it will wait as I save up a couple of years. I guess it's it's kind of a policy to an extent of redistribution of wealth really mm. by putting these investment areas into places that need that that that, that um, incubation spurring on of that mm. local economy. This is what that's doing and it allows you and me both with having sort of small businesses to invest back in our infrastructure and I say our people and I've got projects that I want to do which, which help coach, train and expand my team, bring additional talent in to move it forward which to some extent I'm curtailed at the moment due to the economics of how expensive it can be currently mm. just to pay the bills but pay for NI and things. I think, Reshma, I'm sure, sure a lot of your members are actually busy squirrelling away money for a rainy day because the smaller businesses, and we are focusing on small businesses today because you're here, um, I mean, I, I do operate almost a jam jar system in my business and my business is like one and a half million a year. So it's small, but uh, I try to keep it cash positive and have a bit of a rainy day fund. I think obviously, you know, recent times have, have sort of stretched that rainy day fund, if you like, cash mm. is obviously, as you all know, uh, king in, in small businesses. And it's, it is the, the defining factor of how, you know, a business's financial health, really. So, yes, it's they do try and, and set money aside where they can, but it's not always possible, especially when when the elements are against them, which at the moment, unfortunately, as bleak as as it sounds, they are. Um, so, 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 yes, any sort of 
investment area, uh, as you say, Graham, it will just help people to reshift their priorities and, and maybe bring things to the forefront that maybe would have waited a couple of years, as you say, while people save up for that investment. So absolutely, it will help. Uh, not only will it help in that form, but it will also support the levelling up agenda as well by providing those areas that particularly need, you know, the, the, the extra level of support and the extra investment to be able to invest in themselves and create almost a circular economy and, and a more sustainable and self-sustaining environment. All right, well, let's look at uh, another element of potential help. Uh, David Smith of the Sunday Times was talking about low consumer confidence. There's been a bit of chatter that there might be a VAT cut. What's your view on uh, a VAT cut? It it would reduce some prices in shops. Other businesses may keep the difference between what they're charging currently Mm. and what the VAT is and and might help their cash flow. Um, But it's also very expensive for the government to do. What's your view on that, Martin? I seem to remember when there was last a VAT cut, and I can't remember, was it 10 years ago or so? Yes, it was 2009. It was cut temporarily from 17.5 to 15. To 15 at a time. I remember it being quite difficult to manage at times, just the Mm. logistics of it, and that's Mm. for a business that probably doesn't have that much uh, difficulty in, uh, mm. in changing our pricing, uh, uh, etc. Um, so it does come with a lot of logistics, I think, to implement. I don't remember at the time it having a massive influence, not from a confidence perspective, uh, when people going out uh, uh, and purchasing different goods, uh, essentials and the like. I'm not sure of the impact. I'm sure there's a fiscal report on, on the benefits uh, benefits of that. It's one of many levers that can be mm. called. And if it does add a bit of a bit of spark to the economy, I'm certainly not against it. If it was temporary, the other side of the coin is in in 2009, it was temporary. Mm. Um, When you put it back up, as the subsequent government did, then it creates a a blip of inflation as well. Exactly. And a bit like the the energy price cap, at some point that price cap is going to end, whether it's tapered or not. Mm. So you're kind of driving off the end of a cliff to some extent. We're all happy at the moment, but we've got to manage how that will be tapered into into the economy and maybe there's a hope that we will consider that down the line when everything's a little bit better we stayed off the recession personally it, it feels like we're going into a recession everyone seems to little, be a little bit frozen at the moment in time not wanting to make decisions i don't know if mm. russia's seen that in her in her um in her um customers as well how, how they're looking at the outlook but for me i'm hoping you know friday what the government announced and the things that have been announced today just help to push people a little bit further. Think actually, you know, we've got some confidence, we've got some certainty, we can start making decisions. And once that wheel starts rolling and people start spending again, you know, every pound that you spend is my income, that kind of et cetera, transactions move up, the economy grows, and then the, the Chancellor gets more money and they can spend more. It all starts, it all starts moving again. I'm hoping they will be wheeling the, the uh, uh, oiling the wheels come Friday. Reshma, Reshma, what do you make of the prospect of a VAT cut? I think, I mean, I can't disagree that it, it does feel a little bit like the, the issue will start creeping back up again once the temporary uh, cut is is increased again. But I think I agree with Martin's point that it, it is very much a case of building back up consumer confidence by helping uh, businesses to keep their costs low and, the, and their prices low as well. Uh, people have much less disposable income now than they did you know, a few years ago. So it's important to be able to give them the confidence to be able to go out and, and spend where possible, especially you know, B2C customers. But also it's important to help improve business confidence as well. So you'll know, Graham, that we do a a quarterly business confidence survey at the FSB and our latest data shows that in this region, Yorkshire, Humber and the North East, our business confidence barring 2020 is at the lowest it's been since our records began back in 2013. So that's... That's uh, 2022 bar is low, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 
2020 we'll forget 2020 we, we just pretend that year didn't happen yeah, that's right, right, yeah. <laughs> and in excluding that year our confidence at the moment business confidence at the moment in in the last quarter was the lowest it's been since we started recording confidence and and that you know is quite stark because i think that in itself is quite telling that yes we need to improve consumer confidence but we also need to give businesses backing and and the confidence to be able to grow and and continue operating to, to the extent that they have been doing up to now and you know cutting vat and helping with business rates, etc., are mechanisms to do that to build that confidence. As Martin alluded to earlier, any any sort of clawback that businesses get will always be reinvested anyway. So it's not money lost out of the system. It's it's going back in, but in a different way. Well, I like that this conversation has been mostly positive first, uh, whereas most media conversations are negative first. But let's just look at two negatives. Um, there there is the prospect, very real prospect, that by the time people watch this program at the weekend rather than live as we are now, uh, interest rates will have gone up, mm. and not just by a little bit, maybe by three quarters of a mm. percent. Uh, there's also the real chance that the uh, pound won't recover very well. At the moment, it's, uh, what, as we are Wednesday, it's something like 113, 114, very low by recent history standards, mm -hmm. and that's importing inflation. Uh, but um, what is your view on that? Is that just a fact of life? My view is that complaining about interest rates if you're in business is like sailors complaining about the weather if they're at sea. But what, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. It's a very difficult time, isn't it? Because normally you will get inflation due to an increase in demand because the economy is doing really well. Credit is flowing because mm. the economy is driven essentially by credit, not really by money. And people are out spending, then, 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 then demand goes up and we get inflation naturally due, a, due to an economic cycle. The problem we've got at the moment, as we all know, is it, it's not so much a surge in demand. It's the pull away of supply with, with things mm. going on in Europe and further afield. So that's kind of outside of the government to an extent, outside of government, government's ability to control. So it, it puts them in a very precarious situation. I think it's clear we need to control inflation and increasing interest rates are the most obvious way to do that. So we have to push them up. However, that can be balanced, which is, I guess, what the government are looking at doing by, by then doing other measures to, to uh, encourage the economy to get going and potentially things like quantitative easing as well. Um, redistribution of wealth, all these things can sort of encourage the economy to grow whilst raising interest rates. It's a very fine balance. I'm the sure bank is going quantitative tightening now, though. Well, what do you think about the prospect on inflation? And, and then talk about the pound in a moment as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, rising interest rates aren't aren't preferable, but, but it's it's six or one and a half dozen of the other. The, the inflation rate at the moment is less than 10%, which is, is lower than was projected for this point in time. Um, so, I mean, it's, and it could be less than projected still with the energy price cap. Mm. Yeah, ex I mean, exactly. So we, we could sit here and focus on the on the two negatives that you wanted to talk about, Graham. But we, we also, I think, we need to also try and look look to some of the opportunities and some of the positives that actually, you know, we, everything that's going on at the moment, it, it is done with the intention of economic prosperity and, and recovery. We always knew that the recovery period post-pandemic would be more difficult than the pandemic itself, and, and that has proven to be the case. Mm. We didn't obviously know that there would be other factors, such as the the um, the conflict in, in Ukraine. But there are other factors driving this current challenging economic climate, but there are also opportunities and there are also positives to take from it. And we just have to try and focus on that as much as we can as well. And the other thing on the exchange rate, of course, the interest rates might push the pound up a bit. But other than that, we'd be importing inflation because we do import too much. Our balance of trades wrong. Mm. Um, but if we're exporting more, our exports are more competitive if uh, we have a low pound. Uh, uh, 
yeah, there's, there's benefits to both. And it's hard to weigh, but every time someone's doing well, someone's getting hit, I suppose. And and again, it's a, for a local business, for a, for a small business perspective, these are sort of things outside our control. You've got to ride, you've got to ride the challenges, especially if you're an importing and exporting. I, I, I must say, one thing I must overall. Coming into this week, if you'd asked me sort of what is my perception of the economy, uh, what is my confidence going to the kind of the conversation and things that Reshma was saying as well, I would probably give you a five out of ten. I really wouldn't know. Everyone seemed to be sat on their hands waiting to see what would happen. Some of the things that are coming out today and some of the things that are coming or being um, alluded to that may come out Friday are actually getting me excited to an extent. I think actually we're going to have a fighting chance of this winter. It's it, you know, it, and, and I. It, you know, a lot of business is theatrical. If people feel confident, yeah. they start going spending. It's as simple as that. And if we're building confidence, like Mission said, we can start moving and, and things, things will improve thereon. Well, watch out. The other thing we haven't discussed is income tax. We won't go into that. But I, I think you might see just a mood music I've picked up and also some in the media, but mood music elsewhere, is we might see some moves on income tax, particularly maybe on the higher end, mm. uh, maybe the thresholds or maybe the rates on the higher end. So watch this space because it seems that she's going full Ronald Reagan. She, uh, so. Yeah, you can't. I mean, she's certainly having an impact, isn't she? And she's, 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 you know, she's casting um, her, her perception of what the economy should look like out now and making quick moves. So I well, suppose she wouldn't die by the song. Yeah, absolutely. Case. I mean, it might. Rishi Sunak said it would be a big gamble. Yeah. The government is likely to take a gamble. Um, whether we would take a gamble is another matter. But as, as citizens, I suppose we've just got to hope it pays off. You know what? Whatever happens, going, we'll make it work. All right. Reshma, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Federation of Small Businesses. Uh, Martin Anderson from Lemon, thank you. And we'll see you on Business Unmuted next week.